From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Monday, February 27th, 2017. Today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free right now at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. At DraftKings, there are no season-long commitments. Just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. Whether it's NBA, NHL, golf, NASCAR, even Major League Baseball coming up as spring training is underway. Regular season right around the corner in Major League Baseball. You can put a Major League Baseball lineup together on DraftKings for free. Set up a private league. Or if you're new to DraftKings, join a beginner contest. Huge prize pools every single day. So don't wait. Go to DraftKings.com right now. And again, my promo code is PICK, P-I-C, to play for free. I have been putting in some golf lineups. You pick six golfers. Coming up this week, we have the Mexico Open. And that is a World Golf Championship event. Uh, Dustin Johnson is the most expensive golfer, in case you're wondering what that looks like. Dustin Johnson now, the number one Golfer, the number one ranked golfer in the world. Ricky Fowler just won the Honda Classic uh, this weekend. But in order to get your golf lineup in, pick six golfers, again, play for free with my promo code PICK, you got to get that golf lineup in Wednesday night, real early Thursday morning. So I think it's like by 5 a.m. Thursday morning. So get it in Wednesday night. But I'm telling you, that to me, right now, with football being done, that's the most exciting thing, getting picking six golfers and watching. You don't, I mean, you don't have to watch the event on TV. You can just follow it on the DraftKings app. Uh, you can go on any other website that follows golf to, you know, get the leaderboard every single morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. It's a good way to, you know, keep, keep in touch with your DraftKings lineup by putting in uh, a golf lineup. But as we begin the show here on this Monday afternoon. I bring in my producer, Pete Needham. Pete, what's going on? What's up, buddy? You watch the Oscars? I did not. I did. I heard about it. I did. And you know what? You, I sat, wa- through, you sat through that fucking mess? I watched that mess live <laughs> last night. I watched the best picture chaos live. And I don't care what anyone says. That was the most fake news I have, you think everyone's obsessed with fake news right now? That was fake news. That was fake. Everybody in Hollywood, everybody at the Oscars last night is an actor, okay? An actor or an actress. That was fake. That was as fake as you could get. You know, everyone's talking about it. I'm opening the Danny Picard show up today, a sports talk show, with the Oscars. You know why? Because of this shit being so fake and everyone talking about it, that's what they want. They want us to open the shows with this shit. And I'm doing it. Pete, you got the audio of what went down last night. And for people that don't know that are living in a fucking cave and just happen to subscribe to this show in that cave, well, here's the deal. They gave the best picture, the the biggest award, the last award of the night at the Oscars, they gave it to uh, La La Land. And then as they're up there, they have a guy in a headset. Now, but it wasn't immediate. It was like... 
It took him a little bit to figure it out, which is why, again, it plays into my theory that this was fake, that they did this on purpose. Um, the guy in a headset, he's up there, and he's, like, showing people this card, and I'm saying to myself, they, they gave it to the wrong person. And, and if I'm noticing that before they even announce it, it's just, it's fake. There was no, there's, there's no way that that was a real event last night when it comes to them messing up. They messed up on purpose so we'd all be talking about it. So this guy's on stage telling everyone from La La Land that they actually didn't win Best Picture and that it was actually <laughs> Moonlight. And finally they get word of it, and this is what transpired. Take it away. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. This is not, not a, a joke. joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is, this is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Dude, Kimmel's face is hilarious. Moonlight. Yeah, he's an actor Best too. <laughs> he's feeding into it. He's like, uh. So Moonlight goes up. They accept the award. It's a shit show. Um, you know, you had these two old farts up there who were just reading off the wrong thing. And they gave him the, what, they gave him the wrong card? They said that they were reading off Emma Stone, La La Land. Best actress they gave the in best a leading role. They card, yeah. They, why, how? How? Why? Fake. Didn't happen. They did this on purpose. Okay? So that there would be chaos and there would be something to talk about that happened that was nutty and crazy. This happens all the time. There's always something that's going on. And, and there's a, you know, the look on everyone's face in the crowd. They have this shot. It's like Matt Damon, Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck, The Rock, Meryl Streep. And they're all like looking up like... In shock. They're all acting. They're all acting, too. <laughs> like, I can't take anyone serious. I, I don't know how... Like, you just can't do it. All these people do their entire lives is, is act. They live fake lives. You never know when their reactions and emotions are real or fake. So I just assume they're always fake because all they do is act. They win awards. They're at a show in which they receive awards or are nominated for awards for acting which is not actually giving their true emotional self. Not putting that on display, ever. So what, they're all, it's said, it's so fake. I hate Hollywood. I fucking hate it. And that's a perfect reason because I'm not, you don't got me, Hollywood, you don't got me. You can't get me on this one. That was fake, what happened last night. There's no way that was real. That is, because that is such a stupid mistake that, there's, there's no possible way that could happen. At such a big event, on the biggest stage, with the biggest award, giving them the wrong card, uh, you, the, you have one job. Here's, here's the envelope that, um, you know, has the best picture in it. That's it. You look at it before you give it. You, you double check. Okay? And when, let's say it was a mistake, and they gave them the wrong card and they read it off, why on earth did it take so long to get up there? I mean, the La La Land people were... The second guy was talking. The first guy already talked. They had the second guy. It took like four minutes. This should be an immediate response from people backstage coming out. No, 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 no. Don't even come up on stage. Like it's a long walk on stage. Think about how long it takes everybody to hug each other at the seats. They hugged each other at the seats. They walked down the aisle. They came up stage. Yeah, like the producer knew right away. Like they all know right away yeah, yeah. that this is the wrong thing. They were up there for a while. They were up there for a yeah. while. It's so fake. One of the fakest things I've seen I'm in a long in. time. You got me. It's fake. It's fake. You got it's me. It's fake. They wanted people to talk about it. They want chaos. They want this shit. And just, it's just so stupid. Um, what else did we have last night? We had. What the fuck else? 
Have you seen any of these movies? I know we kind of no, did this with really. the we kind of did this with the Golden Globes. Yeah. Like I didn't see La La Land. I'm never gonna see. La- Are you no, ever gonna see La La Land? Probably Pete? not. I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan, but we'll never see that movie. Um, how about Manchester by the Sea? My fiance watched it last night. Does not look like an interesting movie. Okay, I did not watch it. Don't so want to watch it. So she watched it, and what were you it doing? It was miserable. No, I wasn't. You home. Were just I wasn't home. I wasn't oh, home. you went home. Yeah. Um, here's, look, I just have one piece of advice for, you know, Affleck, um, Casey Affleck, whoever's running that fucking movie, give me a preview or a commercial that makes it look somewhat interesting. Cause I've yet to see one. Every commercial (laughs) I see, it's like, what happens in this movie? Like what is going on? I walked in. Is it just two, is it just people talking? I walked in. Yeah. Well, I walked in and it was ending and it ended. And that's exactly what you said. What the hell happened? Like, <laughs> like, what's the movie it? about? It's over? That's it? So, I'm not going to it. And it's Casey Affleck, best actor. Emma Stone, best actress, La La Land. A couple other things I learned. Um, Nicole Kidman has no idea how to fucking clap. Did you see her <laughs> trying to clap? She's like... She's got her fingers. I don't know what's up with her fingers, man. What's up with her fingers? Was that real? Salad fingers. See, here's the deal. She did that so people would see it and talk about her. We're ta- I'm talking about Nicole Kidman. Look how she claps. She's like this. Like her, it's her fingers weren't even t- touching. She's like this. Precious Clapping Chicago. with the wrists. What the fuck is going on there? These people. Nice solid. You know what's going to happen, Pete? You know what's going to happen? We're going to find out that everyone in Hollywood is an alien. <laughs> like, they're not even humans. And they're just like... I don't even like they're just such weird people that I don't know how and the people that you think are normal like the Damons and the Afflecks they're not normal right they're not normal they can't be and you get Kidman and then they do this tribute for you know people who died (laughs) and you go on Twitter this morning and just to check out the scene on Twitter what's going on how many fucking idiots are tweeting me saying they want to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. I'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, and here's, here's a headline I read on Twitter. Woman in tribute to dead people says she is very much alive. Alive and well. She is very much alive. Um, and I just had this. Oh, here it is. Janet Patterson, costume designer. They got her face. They got her name. She's smiling. <laughs> she's now, she's like, I am alive. People like you telling pe- everyone I'm dead. I'm here. I'm alive. Now she's got a so, boatload of jobs lined but, up. You know, they all, got a lot of things. That, they always got a lot of things that go wrong or a lot of things that we're talking about the next yeah. day. You know why? Because they do this shit on purpose. Because if they didn't do this shit, what would it be? Be a bunch of people going up, receiving awards for movies that I haven't seen. And I could give a fuck less about it. But here's the deal. You got uh, people who are alive getting their face on the big screen saying they're dead. You got Nicole Kidman clapping with her elbows. You got, you got the best picture being given out twice because they messed up the first time on purpose. The Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon thing. You That's kind of awkward. That's kind of awkward. Because it's too much. I know. I, I don't get it. What? When, when did this become the Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon show last night? I know they have their little feud. It's obviously not real. Everybody and their mother knows it's obviously not real. Um, when did, you know, 
When did they say to themselves, let's keep going with this and let's do it the whole show? It's, it's, I don't know. There's a point where I'm like, it's really not funny to me anymore. So let's move on to the next thing. But that, I, I, you know, I watched the Oscars. They're, they're probably in a movie together coming out soon. Probably, right? Yeah, exactly. Promoting something. Yeah. Always cross-promoting. Uh, there's always a plan. There's always something that they're doing to, to, to make sure that you're watching or they're promoting something. You're right. Hollywood is a fucking joke. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And last night's a perfect example. And I'm not even an Oscars guy. Like, I do watch the Golden Globes. I'm more interested in that because that can be a shit show because there's a lot of alcohol involved during the, mm. during the event. Like, everybody's drinking during the event. Sauced up. Um, this is a more formal award show where there usually isn't as much chaos. So they're like, let's provide some chaos. <laughs> right? First of all, let's go, like, an hour longer than we're supposed to. Second of all, when we do do that... Let's let's mess everything up for the biggest award. They did that on purpose. I'm convinced. I'm convinced they did it on purpose. Anyways, let's move on from the Oscars because I have some other things that I do need to talk about. And the first thing is, I, look, there's still a buzz in this town with the Boston Celtics and the trade deadline and what they didn't do. Okay, the NBA trade deadline was Thursday. We did a NBA trade deadline special Thursday afternoon, right after the trade deadline. Brandon Wahlberg was in studio. Make sure you go back and listen to that. That is our raw reaction immediately to what happened. I've had a couple days to sleep on this, to think about this. I did a couple shows on WEI over the weekend, and I watched the Celtics lose to the Raptors in Toronto on Friday night. I watched the Celtics beat the Detroit Pistons last night in Detroit. And um, Isaiah Thomas, 33 points last night. A much better game last night than he had in Toronto on Friday night. And, you know, here on this Monday afternoon, February 27th, a couple days now after the NBA trade deadline, I don't feel any differently about what I think Danny Ainge should have done, which is trade the Brooklyn pick along with a couple roster players any rush to players that are not named Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, or Marcus Smart. Like, those guys, to me, were the untouchable ones. I Obviously, as you see Jalen Brown, and I think he'll be in an extended role now, you look at that and go, all right, look, I don't think I was putting Jalen Brown in a in a trade anyways, but if the, if the deal, you have to give me the deal. Like, if the deal is right, I'm going to go, all right, he's not untouchable. To me, Marcus Smart was untouchable. Jalen Brown, not untouchable, but he's not the first guy I'm trying to add to a deal. I'm doing everything I can to try to keep him. But if there's, you know, for instance, if a team like Chicago or Indiana said, give me Jalen Brown, you can keep the Brooklyn pick, and you're giving me a Paul George or or a Jimmy Butler, you know, then I'm not going to tell you that you can't have Jalen Brown. Um... If you said that about Marcus Smart, though, I'd say, no, you know what? I'm not giving up Marcus Smart. I'd rather give up the Brooklyn pick. Um, so, to me, Marcus Smart's untouchable. I, I would have traded the Brooklyn pick. And as it's looking and things that I read, uh, there was a couple reports coming out of Chicago the last couple days that say Danny Ainge would not give up the Brooklyn pick. He would give up a couple roster players, would not give up the Brooklyn pick. I actually believe those reports coming from Chicago because I, I, here's, here's what I know about the Brooklyn pick. It has value. It's potential to be number one overall. And if you're a team like Chicago that is talking to the Celtics about a deal, about a trade in which you're going to give the Celtics Jimmy Butler, 
okay? Your best player. Then you want that, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try to retool here, no better way to retool if you're Chicago than getting that Brooklyn pick. No better way. I don't care what other roster players you're talking about. I really don't. It's the Brooklyn pick. And if you're the Bulls, and you're going to make some type of trade in which Jimmy Butler is, is being shipped out, there is no way that you let a, a trade fall apart if the Celtics are willing to deal the Brooklyn pick. Because that is the most valuable asset in, in the entire, at the entire trade deadline when it comes to a team that's looking to rebuild and, and, and dish off a star. The Brooklyn pick is the most important asset, the most valuable asset. How would Chicago look if they walked away from a trade in which the Celtics were going to give them the Brooklyn pick? They would not look too good. And I don't think they would walk away from that. I don't think they would let that deal fall apart. At least it wouldn't make sense for them to. I just feel like the Celtics were not going to give up that Brooklyn pick. It didn't matter. They weren't giving it up. And, you know, when I start to see things that are being said in the Celtics organization, there was a red flag that came up over the weekend. And that was before Friday night's game in Toronto in which Isaiah Thomas was interviewed pregame. And I saw the video of that. That video was on Comcast Sportsnet New England on TV. Now, you will not find this on their website if you look, for good reason. Because clearly, Isaiah Thomas is not happy that they didn't make a trade. This is the same Isaiah Thomas that is averaging almost 30 points a game this season. That's second in the league in scoring, the entire NBA, behind Westbrook. That's an MVP candidate that is the leader of a Celtics team that's the number two seed in the Eastern Conference that has been recruiting extensively for this Celtics team, especially when it comes to someone like Al Horford. You sign Al Horford to a big-time contract. Isaiah Thomas tweets out before the trade deadline the emoji eyes, like, here we go, looking for something to happen here. And he tweets out the clock like time's running out the day of the deadline. Isaiah Thomas is an emotional guy. He uses social media to express his thoughts and his opinions And I think he's pretty honest and pretty passionate about some of those things. I don't think he's just trying to stir it up. If you look at some of his other tweets and the way he uses social media, he says things that he means. And when he was asked before the game Friday in Toronto, if he was surprised that the Celtics didn't make a trade before the deadline, here's what he had to say. And again, I'm going to read you the quote because you're not going to find this video on Comcast Sportsnet's website. I used to work for the website. Um... Used to write for the website. You know, they're doing their pod- they're doing podcasts now on the website. They got fucking commercials for podcasts. Like the minute I walked out, the, the minute they threw me out the door, they just fucking, you know, how many podcasts can we get going on the site uh, now that he's gone? Um, you know, they'll give you those. But they're not going to give you this Isaiah Thomas video. At least if they have it, they might want to give me the, send me the link. I know people that listen to this show. Send me the link if you have it because I don't see it on your website. I had to, when I was doing my WEEI show on Saturday, I had to, we were looking for it. Luckily, at WEEI, they record, you know, the the game on the DVR in the other room. So they had the pregame recorded, and we went back and saw it and took the audio and pulled it, and I used it on my show over the weekend. And um, I'll read you the quote, because now you're not going to find the video. Here's the quote from Isaiah Thomas. When asked, 
on Friday, a day after the trade deadline, if he was surprised the Celtics didn't make a trade. Isaiah Thomas says, quote, I'm surprised we didn't make a move, but that's not my job. I trust in Danny Ainge and those guys in the front office. That's what they do on a daily basis. They know that they had a good deal or they didn't, just like last year. Since I've been here, we haven't had a trade, so it's not a surprise. We just roll with the punches and go with what we've got in this locker room, end quote. That's Isaiah Thomas. I'm going to read the first part again because I think that's all you need to hear. That's all I needed to hear. I'll say this. All I needed to hear was this first part to tell me that Isaiah Thomas and Danny Ainge are not on the same page. And why would they be? If you're Isaiah Thomas, think about all the things I just said. He obviously wanted them to make a move. Why wouldn't you if you're him? You want to make a run at it. You know, your mouth is watering. Your eyes are lighting up. You're looking at Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, they're limping around. Kevin Love's hurt. Corva just went down with an injury the other night. You know, you're looking at them going, they might be a little vulnerable. We're only three games back in the East out of the number one seed. Maybe we get that series against Cleveland, we get home court advantage. You know, if you're Isaiah Thomas, these thoughts have to be in your mind. You believe in your own abilities that you could lead this team to the promised land. I'm not saying he can't alone, but he needs help. He would like some help. He thought the Celtics were going to give him some help. And I'm not talking about in the form of a big, like, P.J. Tucker or Nerlens Noel. And I think what people need to really, like, figure out here, when they knocked the Celtics for not making those moves, here's the deal. Just P.J. Tucker wasn't going to help you in shit, one. Um, two, Nerlens Noel, you mean to tell me that the 76ers wouldn't ask for a Brooklyn pick? Of course they would have. See, here's the deal. Just because another team gave up what you think the Celtics could have easily given up, given the Celtics assets that other teams know they have, those other teams and a team like the 76ers in a negotiation, they're not going to ask for anything less from the Celtics than one of the Brooklyn picks for Nerlens Noel. It was a top 10 pick. What was Noel? Was he six overall when he was taken? I don't exactly know, but, but... You know, this is a guy that's top 10 pick that if they're willing to deal him, I'm telling you right now, Brooklyn would not settle for anything less. Excuse me, the the 76ers would not settle for anything less than the Brooklyn pick. People need to get that through their heads. He was number six. Number six overall? Yeah, I mean, look, people know what the Celtics have, and they're going to hold that against them when it comes to a trade. And they know the Celtics need to make a move. They know they have leverage over the Celtics. It's a different it, it's a different strategy when they're talking to the Celtics than when they're talking to other teams. It is that's reality of a trade negotiation, and um, that's where the Celtics are in a tough spot because they they have that going. Other teams are trying to sort of you know take advantage of all the assets they have by asking for one of the Brooklyn picks, even if the trade that doesn't make sense. And at the same time, the Celtics are looking at a deal like Demarcus Cousins, and they're going, New Orleans gave up basically nothing. Why would we give up any of the Brooklyn picks for anyone? So, you know, there needed to be some middle ground for Danny Ainge to come and make a deal. But regardless, Isaiah Thomas wanted them to make the, make some type of move. He's seeing the trade rumors. He's hearing the talk. But he also knows what's realistic for this Celtics team as currently constituted, thinking to himself, hey, we need some help. Go get it. You have the pieces to go get it. And when Danny Ainge doesn't go get it, 
and he keeps the Brooklyn pick, and that's one of the reasons he didn't make a move because he wants to keep the Brooklyn pick. What is that telling Isaiah Thomas? Because if you've paid any attention to what's going on in the mock drafts or the top two players that are available in the draft, they're point guards. Markel Fultz, Washington. Lonzo Ball, UCLA. They're point guards. And if you've watched them, which I have, they're aggressive point guards. Um, Fultz has, has some more size. He's a bigger dude than Lonzo Ball. But, you know, both of them are, are bigger dudes than Isaiah Thomas. Bottom line is this. If you get the number one pick in the draft, you're taking a point guard. Isaiah Thomas knows that. He's got one year left on his contract. But, but right now he's doing something that is, is insane. He's averaging 30 points a night. He's an MVP candidate. Yeah, he didn't do it in the fourth quarter last night against Detroit. But all right, he did it in the first half. You know, before Rip Hamilton had the longest halftime ceremony you'll ever see in your life. I tweeted out Muhammad Sanu thought that was long. Um, Sanu, by the way, is blaming Lady Gaga. For the second half collapse. <laughs> He's blaming Lady Gaga for the Falcons blowing a, a 21-3 halftime lead and then a 28-3 lead. Mohamed Sanu needs to realize that the Falcons drove down the field and scored a touchdown in the second half before the Patriots scored. Anyways, last night the halftime ceremony with Rip Hamilton in Detroit was so long. It was far too long. And, um, you know, congrats to him for getting his number retired in Detroit. Deserves it. But that was a long ceremony. Anyways, Isaiah Thomas came through in the first half last night in Detroit. Isaiah Thomas is a beast. Isaiah Thomas is an MVP candidate. Isaiah Thomas is someone right now who just turned 28 a couple weeks ago who is going to get a max contract, and I would like to see the Celtics give it to him. And one thing I cannot understand for my life, at least taking some calls the last couple days, I can't understand how there are so many people. I can't understand how there's even one person who is going to use this whole Brooklyn pick, taking a point guard, and and the the, the current status of the Celtics team and use it against Isaiah Thomas and trying to run him out of town because they don't think the Celtics can win with him. I, I, I am so rattled and confused by that. It's not even funny. I heard so many people this weekend call in to me on WEEI or tweet at me and say that they don't believe Isaiah Thomas should get max money. They don't believe that the Celtics should hold on to him. They don't believe the Celtics should build around him or trade that Brooklyn pick because they don't think he's going to be able to win in the playoffs. Based on what? Based on last year against Atlanta? I mean, can we give this... Can we First of all, can we get him some help? You got one guy. Can we get him another guy? And then you put that team together. Let's see that team in the playoffs. Before we start running a guy who's an MVP candidate out of town who's averaging 30 points a game. It's just, it's crazy to me that people want to get rid of this guy. Or or at least they're going to use this opportunity, look at the Brooklyn pick, see that it's going to be a point guard, and sort of hate on Isaiah Thomas. The people that are trying to tell me they know for a fact the Celtics can't win with Isaiah Thomas because he's going to get shut down in the playoffs. How are you going to guarantee me that Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball won't get shut down in the playoffs? Like, How can you just guarantee me not only that they'll be great NBA players, but that they'll be great NBA postseason players? You can't. And the fact that you want to or even trying to is somewhat 
crazy to me based on the fact that if you go back and look at the NBA draft and what has happened, let's say, last 10, 15 years. I mean, you go back to, all right, Iverson, number one overall in, in 96. Um, he got to the finals. Um, what, once? I mean, you got Tim Duncan. All right, won a championship. LeBron James, championship. Um, number one overall pick, Kyrie Irving, 2011. All right, championship. But let's be let's be fair. Irving isn't winning shit without LeBron James. So does that even count? But the last point guard that was taken number one overall that's won a championship is, in fact, Kyrie Irving. But again, he wouldn't have won it without LeBron. So how could you actually guarantee me that Ball of Fultz is going to be that franchise-changing, organization-changing, guarantee-you-a-championship-winning type player? You can't do it. In fact, I could point out more guys who were taken 6, 7, 8, maybe even 6 to 15 overall that were point guards that have had better success and more championship success than anyone who was taken even 1, 2, or 3 in the draft the last 10 years as a point guard. So, I mean, it just it confuses me when people see this Brooklyn pick, they see these two point guards, and they're trying to tell me that you got to take one of these two kids because they're going to change the way the Celtics win. While Meanwhile, the Celtics are the number two seed in the East. Their point guard's an MVP candidate putting up 30 points a game, and I don't think it's a fluke. And you'd like to see them add something. At least I would. And so would Isaiah Thomas. So when he says before Friday night's game that, quote, I'm surprised we didn't make a move, that's all I need to hear. He can then toe the company line after that, like, oh, you know, Danny Ainge, they, they're going to do what they're going to do. It's their job. They're good at their job. Whatever. The fact that you just told me you're surprised your team didn't make a move. Like, you have a full day. Think about this. You have a full day. You can sleep on it. You know, hey, they're going to ask me this question. They're going to ask me, was I surprised Celtics, we didn't make a move at the deadline? How am I going to answer this? How am I going to do it? He had a day to think about this. He got to sleep on it, wake up, think, hey, what am I going to, how am I going to answer this question? Here's how he should have, I mean, here's how he should have answered it if, you know, he was going to completely toe the company line and go all, you know, you know, the, the public relations answer is this. Well, you know what? I believe in everyone in this, in this locker room. I believe in everyone on this team. And the fact that we didn't make a move, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to win this season. I believe in this group, in this team, and the fact that they didn't make a move tells me that they trust in this group much like I do. On to the next game. I mean, that's how you answer it. But Isaiah Thomas obviously doesn't feel that way. And he felt the need to express himself. And uh, the fact that him and Danny Ainge are not on the same page, and, and that's just me, I'm sort of assuming it with this quote, but I don't think that's a crazy assumption. In fact, even if he didn't say this, if you just use common sense, it's like Isaiah Thomas, what do you want? Oh, you want the Celtics to, to plan to take a point guard this summer? Like, uh, because, and people will say, well, you keep them both. Last time I checked, Isaiah Thomas's contract is up after next season. He's going to have a choice as well. Someone's going to give him max money. He probably wants to play. Doesn't want to be in an organization that just 
takes the point guard of the future rather than trading that pick to get him some help and get him some type of all-star elite scorer on that wing for moments like in Toronto the other night where they had no other offensive answer when he had an off night and they were playing some pretty rock-solid defense on him. There was an issue there in Toronto the other night. They didn't have another score. They needed it, though. You know, they needed to, to have that other guy on the court like a Jimmy Butler, like a Paul George. You know, they needed to get that guy in the mix. In the fourth quarter, they didn't have it. And, and it cost them. Um, so now, moving forward, you got Isaiah Thomas, who was clearly unhappy with the strategy. And I don't blame him. You got a Celtics team that is now telling us, what, they can go get, they're looking at free agency? Or they can get, they're, they're two players away? How are you two players away? You just, what are you telling me about the Horford signing? I don't get it. How are you going to get those two players? Last time I checked, you only have room for three max contracts at the most, right? Um, and, and this thought that Gordon Hayward is going to come in, is going to leave Utah in the offseason and save this Celtics team, which they're saying could be his plan. He can opt out, come to the Celtics. This idea that we're going to bank on Gordon Hayward changing the Celtics franchise and turning them into a championship franchise is insane to me. He's a nice player. But let's be honest, you know, uh, if the Celtics go out and are banking on him to, to get them past Cleveland, they have fallen in love with the Brad Stevens-Gordon Haywood relationship from college. And I think that's a bad thing to do as a professional organization, is to fall in love with the relationship that a player and a coach had while they were in college. I don't care how much success they had there. I don't care how much separate success they have in the NBA. Um, to me, Gordon Haywood is not this guy that I look at and go, ding, 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 that's the guy. He's just not. He just, he doesn't do it for me. You need, you need more than that. And don't try to tell me Gordon Haywood's Jimmy Butler, because he's not. He's not. All right? He's not. And, um, anybody who does tell me that, they just, we're talking about a different Jimmy Butler. And I'm not trying to use this to necessarily knock Gordon Haywood, but I, I just, I don't feel like he's that guy that you should be all out targeting between now and this summer or even the summer after that if he does decide to stay in Utah one extra year. Um, the Celtics, what they should be doing right now, and they're not, what they should have done on Thursday is trade the pick with a couple of players to get someone like Jimmy Butler in here. And I think that deal was on the table and I think they wouldn't give up the Brooklyn pick. And the fact that they didn't do that tells me that they're going to make this pick and it tells Isaiah Thomas that they're going to bring in a point guard of the future this summer. And I just think that's a strategy that is so insane because this is a league of of stars. And when you actually find one in a trade with Phoenix a couple years ago and you bring him in and he is a, a bona fide superstar in this league and don't tell me he's not. Again, that brings me back to the people that I called in on WEI for the weekend to try to knock Isaiah Thomas. That makes no sense to me. That makes no... Why? How? What else do you want him to do? They're like, oh, he's 5'8". He's not going to play. He's not going to be able to play until he's 34. What are you talking about? What is that? He, he just turned 28. What are you worrying when he's 34 for? I mean, come on. My, my take on it is if you... When you finally get this guy, you finally get this player... Why are you trying to run away from that? Because you have the number one pick and you could take Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz 
And, and look, those two point guards might be very good, potentially great NBA players, but they might be. What I'm witnessing right now with Isaiah Thomas, unless Danny Ainge thinks it's a fluke, I don't know. I tell you what, if Danny Ainge thinks it's a fluke, there's other teams and other GMs in the league that, that won't think it's a fluke. And if you're going to take the Brooklyn pick, I mean, common sense from a business perspective is that you should maybe trade Isaiah Thomas, right? Because you're not going to let him walk, are you? And if, if you get a point guard, I'm telling you right now, people who think they're going to keep both, I, you think Isaiah Thomas, it, you think the Celtics are the only team that's going to give Isaiah Thomas max money? There are going to be other teams willing to give him max money that might have an even better shot at a championship, one, and two, are going to make him the starting point guard. And they're not going to have this future young point guard looking, you know, you're looking over his shoulder, waiting on when, the, because if you take a point guard there at number one and you're trying to tell me he's so good and so ready, what, you got to put him on the bench the first two years? That's stupid. That, that makes no sense. And Isaiah Thomas isn't going to want to play under that. Again, he has some say at some point. He's got one year left on his deal. So I do have to worry about that. And the Celtics do have to have a conversation with Isaiah Thomas. But if I'm him, I wouldn't want to stay here. If I'm him, I'd be bullshit right now. And I think he is, based on that quote that I read you, where he says, I'm surprised we didn't make a move. He says something, you know, later in that quote, he says, hey, since I've been here, we haven't had a trade, so it's not a surprise. I, I think there's some, there's some frustration there. There's some frustration there from Isaiah Thomas. And I don't blame him. I, I truly don't blame him. So, you know, we're trying to figure out what's next with the Celtics team. And as I think back at the trade deadline, and I had a couple days of sleep on it, and we talked about it on EEI over the weekend, and I, I hear what everyone has to say, what Danny Ainge has to say, what Wick Grosspick has to say, what Isaiah Thomas has to say. You know, you watch more of Fultz, you watch more of Ball. I hear what, what Lonzo Ball's father has to say. You listening to this shit? His father needs to shut the fuck up. I mean, Pete, have you seen this? You seen what this kid's father's saying? Here's what, he, here's what he's saying. He said, and I don't even know where exactly he said it the first time, but he said it, he wants his son to play for Magic Johnson and the Lakers. You know, Magic Johnson running the Lakers now. He wants his son to play for the Lakers. Then he clarified that. Here's what he says when he clarifies it. Here's his quote. He says, All I said was that my boy is going to play for the Lakers, and I'm going to speak it into existence. I want him to be a Laker, but I wasn't saying he's only going to play for the Lakers. End quote. That's what he told the ESPN Saturday night. All right, so what you're trying to tell me is that if he gets drafted by another team, when it's time for him to hit free agency, he's going to L.A. <laughs> you know, that's a reason why you actually wouldn't give up a lot for Paul George because you started to hear uh, that George was definitely going to the Lakers after next season. So that takes, you know, other teams have the leverage. Paces all of a sudden get screwed with, with trade value for Paul George. But that type of stuff scares you off. And I guess whatever happens on draft lottery night, when the ping pong balls fall, um, you know, the Lakers are a bad team this year. They're going to be down around their maybe top three pick. Um, are these things that Lonzo Ball's father is saying, is that going to prevent the team from drafting them? Or are you going to have some type of Eli Manning, Archie Manning situation? I, I, look, I wouldn't rule it out. It's possible. I don't put it this way. I don't think you want to hear this stuff if you're a team that has a top two pick 
And, you know, you either have a choice at one of these guys. Like, if you have number one, it's almost like guaranteed now. If you have number one, unless you're the Lakers, you're going to take Fultz. Right? I mean, that's who you're taking. But, you know, let's say, you know, you someone, you have number two and Lakers have three. Let's say the Celtics, let's say they get unlucky. Brooklyn picks number two. Fultz is taking number one. Lakers, number three. What do you do? Are you like, oh, we're going to steal this kid from the Lakers? Or are you, how, like, how are you going to handle that? Look, there's nothing even saying the Celtics should get three. I did. Hey, we did this before the show. I have it right here. There's NBA draft lottery simulators. And I ran one. I just hit it once. You know, you get the percentages. Brooklyn pick, 25% odds, you know, 25%. Phoenix, right now, 19.9%. Lakers, 15.6%. Orlando, 11.9%. Um, Philadelphia, 8.8%. Pelicans, 6.3%. I did the sim. The ping pong balls fell. Here's what it looks like. Lakers number one. Pelicans number two. Suns number three. Celtics with the Brooklyn pick number four. Could you imagine if that happens? And that's that's not, that's not that crazy. If you think back at previous NBA lotteries and how these things went for the Celtics and even for some other teams, right? It's not crazy to think that this could happen, which again is another risk that you're taking as the Celtics saying we're not giving up the Brooklyn pick. Now, the door is not completely closed on giving up the Brooklyn pick, all right? It's not. They could still give it up because you could get number one in the lottery and then you trade it before draft night. It could happen. We could, they could make the Jimmy Butler move. But at that point, I'm like, well, if you're going to make the Jimmy Butler move, then why didn't you make it this year so that you could have done something this year? Because what we're dealing with now is guys that are getting bought out, bigs that are available, that, yeah, could help the Celtics, but you know why they're not coming to the Celtics? Andrew Bogut's going to get bought out by Philly after the trade. You know why he's not going to join the Celtics and they're saying he's joining Cleveland? Because the Celtics don't have a chance to win a championship. Would they have a better chance if they added someone like Jimmy Butler? Of course they would. And maybe that all of a sudden becomes a destination for players who have this choice. Like, there are some other guys that are getting bought out now. Um, they're not coming to the Celtics. I think uh, Scola, Louis Scola, bought out or released or something. People are like, oh, he would help the Celtics. Yeah, guess what? He would. But he doesn't want to help the fucking Celtics. Because he, he knows there's much help as he's going to give. The Celtics have no shot. These guys are going to join contenders. And, and you could have at least convinced some of these big men that you're doing everything you can to contend. By bringing in someone like Jimmy Butler. You didn't do that shit. So, like, where do you stand right now? Number two seed in the East. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm trying to embrace this more than more than Danny Ainge's. And Isaiah Thomas is trying to embrace it too, but he must have an awfully tough time doing it when his president of basketball operations refuses to give up a Brooklyn pick that he's going to take a point guard with. It's just kind of a fucked up situation, isn't it? And I'm not trying to tell you that Danny Ainge should be thrown out of town or he should lose his job. Like, no, 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 no. Danny Ainge, the fact that he even has this decision to make with the Brooklyn pick and where they stand in the East says a whole lot about how he has run this organization, okay? From a business perspective, as somebody whose job is not on the line, 
as someone who has these type of options, he's done a great job. I'm not throwing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kicking him out. I'm not even close to it. I mean, please. Danny Ainge has done a fine job, a fantastic job with the Celtics organization. The fact that he even has these options. But since we are reacting and trying to, um, you know, break down these options when you have them, you got to go one way or the other. Like, I don't, I do not believe that you can both keep Isaiah Thomas, sign into a max contract, and make that Brooklyn pick for a point guard. I don't think you can do it. And maybe the biggest reason you can't do it is because I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to want to do it. I don't think he's going to want to stick around. People miss that point of it. Like, same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. People who say, oh, you can't trade Jimmy, keep him around. All right, in a perfect world, you get the guy to sign a contract that's extremely team-friendly for a backup quarterback, and you keep him. But it's not a perfect world, and don't forget, he's a free agent after next season. He's not going to want to be a backup quarterback anymore. People forget about these guys' options. We spend so much time talking about the organization's decision. At some point, the players have options too. Isaiah Thomas is going to have a major option next season to sign max money in a lot of places that are going to want him. And when we discuss what the Celtics' options are, with that said, it needs to be a factor if you're going to take a point guard in the draft. And you would think that's what they're going to do. So I'm wondering what the plan is. I don't know that we know. Because again, you, there's still a small window for him to trade the Brooklyn pick to get that player before the draft. But then it's like, well, if it does turn out to be number one, you know, there's more decisions. Do you take the young point guard? I mean, me, I would try to trade it and get a star and build around Isaiah Thomas. I just don't get the sense that they're going to do it because if they were going to do it, I think they would have done it Thursday before Thursday 3. I do. I think they would have done it before Thursday 3. And um, I'm shocked as to how many people have been trying to say to me that the Celtics should somehow, you know, take the pick, move on from Isaiah Thomas because you're guaranteeing me they can't win with him. I don't, I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it. Like, where do you, where do some of you nuts watch these games? Like, how do you watch them? Like, are we watching the same guy? Are we, are we doing it? Like, Pete, let me ask you this. Isaiah Thomas is what, 5'8", five, 5'9"? Five, Does his size scare you away from signing him to a max deal? He's almost as big as you. <laughs> that not, would scare me, signing thing. you. Yeah, signing Sign, me yeah. to a max deal. But somebody, we're not. Somebody your we're height. signing somebody my height, right? <laughs> He's probably a little taller than me. My height, a little taller, but averages 30 points a game in the NBA. Savage. You Would, would the size scare you away? No, I mean, not now, especially when all these max deals have to get done by the, with the NBA bargaining group. He's like, going to get the money. It's going to happen. The Celtics are going to have to give it up to somebody else. So. And who do you give it up to? Again, Gordon Haywood. Is he somebody that gets me in here going, yeah, Gordon Haywood's a Celtic <laughs> championship. No. No. What about Blake Griffin? I don't even know if he would opt out. He has another year left in L.A. I still, I would take Jimmy Butler before Blake Griffin. Griffin to me is missing something in his game. There's something missing. He's an athletic freak. He can jump through the roof. He's got these big dunks that are sports center top 10. There's just something missing with Griffin's game. First of all, he can't stay healthy. 
getting away from that, let's say he is healthy. There's just still something missing from his game. And, I mean, you look at the pieces that he's had around him. Like, he's had a, a great point guard in L.A. What have they done? What have they done with that situation? So, it's like, I don't even think Griffin's the guy. So, when they mention free agency, I'm going, what the, who the fuck are they talking about? They think Steph Curry's going to come here? Now, if they have a feeling that Steph Curry's going to leave Golden State, I just, that's, in, that's crazy talk. Like, that. now we're talking nuts. Now we're talking crazy. And anybody who thinks that Kevin Durant is going to opt out and come to Boston, no. After one year, no. If that was going to happen, it would have happened this summer. I, I just, I've given up on that one. So, trying to be realistic with you. And I think realistic should be, if you're the Celtics, when you have a guy in a league in which you are basically, everyone in the league is clamoring to get a star that would put up 30 points a night. Okay? As a point guard. 30 points a night. People would say, build around him. Build around him. I hear people saying, no, you can't do it. He's too small. You can't sign him into a max deal. You got to get the point guard in college. Do it with the draft picks. I don't think you're going to be able to do both for the reasons I mentioned because Isaiah Thomas is going to have a choice. So it's one or the other. Point guard, 30 points a night, just turned 28. Or point guard in college who's tearing it up, who we have no idea what he's going to be in the NBA. No idea. And when you look at the history of the draft and point guards, number one overall pick, top pick in the draft, um, I mean, I could give you point guards who weren't even top five. Like, did anybody think Steph Curry was going to be Steph Curry? This Steph Curry? When he was drafted? No. Don't, don't tell me you think he was. He wasn't. You didn't. Um, nobody. I don't think anyone predicted this. And I'm not telling you Isaiah Thomas is going to be Steph Curry, but what I am telling you is that you found someone that has the potential of being able to take advantage of the opportunity of getting 30 minutes a night. Look at Isaiah Thomas's career. When he's been given 30-plus minutes a night, he's given you over 20 points a game, okay? It's about opportunity. He's getting it here, here with, the, with the Celtics with, in Boston. He's getting it here. You find, you find that guy. You struck gold with this trade with Phoenix. You find him. You want to get away from that? I just, that's what I don't understand. And the people that want to get away because they want to take a point guard that they think is going to be great, I just, again, I, then what? All right, you get the point guard. You still need more. Then what are you doing? What's the plan then? Gordon Haywood? So you could guarantee me that Gordon Haywood, Markel Fultz, and Al Horford, they're taking a shot. They're taking a shot at a title? How, how could you? I don't know. I just, that's crazy talk to me. When you have a point guard who's giving you 30, 30 points a game. Um, so that's, I still, that's where I stand with the Celtics. I, I want them to build around Isaiah Thomas. And um, that's that. But it doesn't feel like they're going that route. And the fact that you have an Isaiah Thomas that's saying he's surprised he didn't make a trade. That's telling me that he's not on the same page as Danny Ainge, and why would he be? So this, I think there's some type of issue there. And again, Isaiah Thomas has a choice too when it comes to signing contracts. It's not just he has to sign with the Celtics if they want to give him the max deal. He has to want to sign it and stay in Boston. And he's not going to want to do that if you take a point guard, number one or number two overall, okay? He's not going to want to. Would you blame him? 
I would blame the Celtics, though, if they let that happen. And what? Then what? You take Lonzo Ball, has a couple good years in the NBA, and then he's running off to the Lakers? Oh, man. It's just, I can't wrap my brain around why people wouldn't want to add to this team with Isaiah Thomas playing the way he is. Oh, why people think this is a fluke. I don't see it as a fluke. I just don't. I'm sorry, and I wouldn't want to run away from this because it's tough to find. It's tough to find, and it's tough to find this guy and then be a number two seed in the East. I don't care how bad the East is. How many wins would the Celtics have without Isaiah Thomas? You know how many wins they'd have? 20. You know what they'd be doing? They probably wouldn't even be swapping with the Brooklyn pick. That's how bad they'd be, right? That's how bad they'd be. But you, hey, if you want to move on from that and you want to take your chances with a point guard, number one and number two, go ahead. Because I don't know what the plan after that is. What, Brad Stevens, Gordon Haywood, and a point guard that you have no idea about in the NBA? That's what we're doing when you find a guy who scores 30 points a game? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. But if that's where you want to go, good luck. Hey, I'll be rooting for the Celtics. I hope you're right. But I just, I don't know why you take the chance to try to be right there where you know right now what you have. At least some people I talk to, and it's mind-boggling to me, they seem to not know. Or not think that Isaiah Thomas can keep this up. I, I mean, I, I don't know what if if you watch Isaiah Thomas and you think to yourself, eh, no chance for him to win a title, no chance for him to do something special if he gets some help on this team. Then we're watching a different guy and we're watching a different sport. That's it. And people will say, well, they'll never beat LeBron. There's no answer to LeBron. Nobody has an answer to LeBron. Golden State can do whatever they want. They don't have an answer to LeBron. Okay, he's the best player in the world. And you know what, Pete, when Brandon Wahlberg was in here the other day and he gave out the kid Zion Williamson and he said, go get him in 2019, he kind of said that in jest. But if you watch highlights of this kid is 16 who's Kids throwing down the dunks in high school, like that's the player. That's the, like, the, the, the player like LeBron we're talking about in high school. You know what I mean? He's um, like a man amongst boys. Yeah. Were we talking about Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz last year at this time? No. No. Were we talking about those two kids in high school? I wasn't. If you were, I think you got to go outside and get some fresh air. This kid, at least, <laughs> Zion Williamson, is not eligible for the draft till 2019. If he was eligible now, I'd be telling you, oh, my God, Isaiah Thomas can be as upset as he wants. This is a pick that you have to keep because you have to take this kid. And, in fact, Isaiah Thomas should want to stay and play with this kid, and you should, you should know we're not trading it for anyone. You, if that kid, if that type of play was available to you, go make it. Go, you know, keep the pick. Go make that pick. But he's not. You know, it's it, we, it. Here's what we do every single fucking year at a draft in any sport, but I think more specifically in the NBA, we see that there are a couple guys at the top of the mock drafts. We see that they're studs. They're athletic freaks. They're they're out there dominating, and we put them on this pedestal. Like, they they are untouchable. Like, you need them. You have to have them, and they will guarantee you success. And we do. We, we talk about them so much, and we show so many positive highlights that we forget, A, they have many flaws because they're still young players, and B, they haven't really proven shit in their basketball lives. 
okay? They haven't proven that they're good teammates. They haven't proven that they'll be a good professional. They haven't proven that when the going gets tough, they'll be able to rise above because these are kids that have been, you know, they've had their ass wiped for them their entire lives. They've never had to wipe their own ass. Lonzo Ball's father's out there, tell, you know, talking to the media like, like he's the, his son's the second coming of Christ. Well, your son plays basketball at UCLA, and his legs look look like fucking toothpicks, like they could break at any time. He already injured one leg. He got hurt the other night. I saw him. Comes back. I mean, we, we there are so many flaws about these kids that what we do going into these drafts, we get so worked up about them. We show all the positive stuff, and yeah, they're great athletes. They're great players. But, but we put them on this pedestal where they're untouchable. And it's like, can't even think about not making this pick. Just for a second. Let, let me just say, you are, you are putting the pussy up on this pedestal. You're just building the <laughs> pussy up. Man. What are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but they're, they're, we put these kids on such a pedestal that they can do no wrong. And I think that's wrong. And I think when you get all worked up, when we question some of these kids who have not even, again, they haven't even stepped foot in the NBA, we don't know how they'll handle the pressure. We don't know how they'll handle, again, the pressure of playing in Boston. It's a different type of pressure. You step into the garden, that place is rocking. You know, you got people crushing you after a bad game. How are you going to handle that? Lonzo Ball going to have his father running into Felger Maz and trying to defend him every day? That he has a bad turnover in a bad spot? I mean, come on. Like, it, 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 there's, there's more to it than just being a kid in college who's dominating. There's, there's so much more to it, especially in this town. And I'm sorry. I, I just, I have a tough time. Like, it's one thing, okay? Like, if, if, if Isaiah, if the Celtics didn't have Isaiah Thomas and Terry Rozier was their starting point guard, even if they sign Horford, like Rozier was their point guard, uh, Jalen Brown looks, looks like a nice piece to the puzzle. Uh, he's going to be a good player in this league. Smart's a great defender. Keep him. I'd say, eh, they don't have that guy, though. You know? Keep the pick. Make the pick. That's not the case. You have Isaiah Thomas, who's scoring 30 points a game. I I don't know. I just, I I can't wrap my brain around why we're now to a point where we see the Brooklyn pick and the Celtics have to make it. I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. If it was someone like Zion Williamson or, or like a LeBron James type that we're talking about in high school that's ready to come up, come in, you know, um, did a year in college, and that's like the kid that, that t- continued to take it over, and we're like, all right, we've been talking about this kid for four years. Here we go. He's ready. Yeah. All right, make it. Because that's like, you know, the Tim Duncan type, number one overall. The, the LeBron James, number one overall. You know, I even think maybe like Minnesota talks about Kyle Anthony Towns, that type of of change in player. But even what does he want? I mean, I know he hasn't been in the league long, but you get what I'm saying. You know, I don't believe you have that type of player. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you do. If you make the pick, I'll be rooting for that play to be that kid. But right now, to sort of guarantee that is just kind of foolish to me. Just kind of foolish. And when you have an opportunity in a league of stars to add another star to go along with the star that you have and a player that you signed to star money in Horford, you know, I don't. I guess I question the plan to the point where maybe the plan now is to make the pick. And I, I guess if you're going to make the pick, if you're definitely going to make the pick, then you trade Isaiah. 
because I don't think he's going to want to stay here, and you don't want to see him walk. So that's where I stand with the Celtics. Um, look, I think they'll be – see, here's what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen? They're going to be an exciting team. The Celtics, Pete, the Celtics will be such an exciting team down the stretch. And Isaiah Thomas will continue to keep himself in the MVP conversation. And they're going to get to the playoffs. They are going to play, let's see, if the playoffs began today, the Celtics, they're the number two seed in the East. Um, If the playoffs began today, the Celtics would be playing Indiana in the first round. Indiana's a team that a lot of people talk about as being sort of up and coming. If they can keep Paul George, maybe add a player, they'll be a legit Eastern Conference threat. Not now. I'm, I, don't, I don't see it yet. I don't see it now. I do think the Celtics team would beat Indiana in a seven-game series. Okay? Then you're looking at playing the winner of Washington and Chicago. If it's Washington or Chicago, I still think you could beat that team. Either of those teams. Let's say they do. Let's say they make it exciting. Let's say they let's just say they get to the second round. They're looking like a nice, nice team. You know what we're gonna do? You know what people are gonna say? Oh, why didn't they go out and make that trade to get Jimmy Butler? Because now all of a sudden you got a shot. They're gonna be so excited here down the stretch. You're gonna get people, hey, it's a 38 win team right now, that are gonna start quit. People are gonna start thinking back to the trade deadline, going, why didn't they make the move? And I'm gonna be sitting there telling you, no shit. I told you they should have done something. And, and now what? Now what are we looking at? A team that's sort of inevitable, they're not going to make the finals? Whereas if they went and got someone like Jimmy Butler? Yes, I do think, because then you have a chance to bring in someone like a Bogut. When he, right? Now you don't? Bogut doesn't want to play here? What does, why does Bogut want to play here? So you can knock Amir Johnson out of the starting lineup? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, why, Bogut, sorry, it's not happening. Bogut is going to want to play in Cleveland. That's it. Louis Scola? Where's he going? Where's he, where does he want to play? He'd rather, he'd rather go to San Antonio. He'd rather go back to fucking Houston. That, that's where he was. That's where he's at. I mean, Golden State. You think they're not going to go get someone? One of these guys? I, so, I mean, I just think the Celtics dropped the ball. On acquiring someone. And if they go trade the pick at the before the draft and bring in someone, then I'll I'll be telling you why didn't they just do that before the deadline? Like it just it it doesn't make sense to me. And it you know, regardless of what happens, I would I just want people to embrace what they're watching with Isaiah Thomas. And I get this sense, and I'm kind of shocked. I get the sense this weekend taking calls on WEI that there's a lot of people that just don't believe this will continue. And I then I I guess you believe the game is just going to completely change and and you feel like 28 years old is 38 years old. And you think that someone, because they're smaller than everybody else, a lot smaller, is going to just automatically get injured when they hit 30. That doesn't make sense to me. If there's any type of play in the NBA that I'm concerned about getting injured in their 30s, to me, it's the bigger guys, like the seven-footers, because of their knees. It's not the little guys. If anything, I feel like the little guys can do a better job of keeping their body intact and in shape. Guess we see it differently. But right now, me and Danny Ainge see things differently, and right now, I think Isaiah Thomas and Danny Ainge see 
things differently. Getting away from NBA as I wrap up the show real quick. The NHL trade deadline is on Wednesday, this Wednesday. The Bruins look great. They're 6-1 under Bruce Cassidy. Um, You know, they just beat Dallas yesterday. End of four-game road trip. They look awesome. I just hope that this doesn't make Don Sweeney trade one of his young up-and-coming defensemen for in a package for a forward that's just going to guarantee them a playoff spot. I just don't want to see it. And, and I don't know that I'm necessarily sitting here knocking the Bruins' odds of winning a championship. What I'm doing is um, I'm trying to protect the young up-and-coming defensemen. I want to keep those kids around. It, you know, if you can make a move, you know, look, if you can add a piece that you can hold on to the young kids, I w- I'm even willing to trade some late draft picks. You know, maybe get a steal. But if you look at some of the deals that have been made, you're already seeing first-round picks get traded. You don't give up first-round picks. Yeah. So I, I think what you need to do by seeing first-round picks get traded is you need to start trading some pieces to get a first-round pick. Like a Zidane O'Shara, he'll get you a first-round pick based on some of the moves I've seen. I don't think they're going to do that, but it's something they should consider, I think. Um, look, it looks great right now. I just don't want that to lead to the Bruins getting rid of a young defenseman for a forward that I don't think is going to help them win that Stanley Cup. I'd rather just hold on to the young defenseman, get McAvoy up here next year. Then all of a sudden, you're going into next season with Cassidy, the new coach. He obviously is doing a nice job. All right, I was a Julian guy, but you cannot argue what Cassidy's done for this team or what they're doing with Cassidy as the coach. You like the style they're playing right now? You got some young defensemen. I just think don't mess with this. Get in the next season. Begin next season. Get atop the division. And uh, next year's trade deadline, think about getting nuts. Think about bringing in someone big and making that run next year. There's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. So that's my little NHL trade deadline preview. It's this Wednesday. I'll react to it on Friday. Spring training is ongoing. Sorry, have a tough time getting worked up about spring training in the month of February. Um, once we get into March, middle of March, we'll get into that stuff. But of course, we got March Madness right around the corner. And then next thing you know, it'll be regular season and we'll be all crying because David Ortiz is not in the Red Sox starting lineup because he's retired. And it hasn't hit us yet. Like it hasn't hit me yet because I'm not into spring training yet. So, um, yeah, that's what we got. Uh, we Look, Major League Baseball is right around the corner. We'll get there. But for now, let's get by the NHL trade deadline and let's see how the NBA season plays out. And the Jimmy Garoppolo trade talk is probably going to get fired up again in the next couple weeks or month or so. Hey, who, uh, do you, who do you think retires first, Brady or Chara? Is that a serious question? That's a serious question, yeah. Brady or Chara? Yeah. Chara. Chara. Even though Chara hope, is a physical beast. Yeah, I know. Of course. <laughs> of course. Like, it's not even a question. Like, Chara is on a decline. Brady but I just is feel like... like he'll, he just continues to play, and he just won't go away. Chara? Yeah. Well, I mean, his contract is going to be up. So, unless he takes some type of bargain deal. I mean, look, I think he's a good four def- three or four defenseman for a championship contender. But right now, if you're asking him to be the one, he's not that shutdown guy anymore. I... That's a tough question because Brady is obviously playing at such a high level that it's tough to think Brady's going to retire in the next three years. And if the Patriots are going to 
trade Garoppolo, then here's the deal. They know Brady is willing to play, I think, the next four or five. And I think that's possible, the way he takes care of his body. Not to say Chara doesn't take care of his body, but let's be honest. NFL's a 16-game season. The NHL's an 82. And there's a reason why I call the Stanley Cup the toughest trophy to win in sports. It's because of the length of the season. You're asking Zidane to play all those minutes every night. I, I, I think Brady is still playing. Because I think Brady, even when his time... See, Brady's the... I feel like... All right, Brady's going to play for another three to five years with the Patriots. But I do think there'll be a time where maybe the Patriots move on from Brady in four or five years, and he still wants to give it like one more year with another team. Like, I, I kind of... I hope it doesn't get to that, man. But I kind of feel I like it it's going to... You know what I mean? I kind of feel I kind of feel like it's gonna. They say they always say when I know I know. But there's gonna be a point where I think that could happen. Either way, I, I don't what are you what are you doing? <laughs> think about Brady. Brady's not retiring yet and the Patriots have another championship with him, maybe two. Who knows? But Chara Nicole Kidman clap. <laughs> but Chara if uh if you could move him and get a first round pick I don't know how you hang the phone up on that one. I'm serious. First round pick, give me a give me a young defenseman and a first round pick for Chara. I, I'm 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 I think I'm doing it if I'm the Bruins, and because I I think at this point I'm thinking of next year. But if they're thinking of this year, you know, then that's Jacobs. That's what that shows you. That's Jacobs running the show still, and uh, he's the one calling the shots. I hope that's not the case. I guess my biggest fear is. It is. It is. I'm here every Monday and Friday. Thanks for watching on Facebook Live. You can watch this show at facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. You can listen whenever you want, dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts are available. Don't forget, go to draftkings.com right now and play for free by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Get your six golfers in before... The next tournament begins Thursday. That, to me, is the most exciting DraftKings lineup you could have right now. During the go- is during the golf season. I'm a big fan of that. So make sure you go do it. But any sport, NBA, NHL, you want to play tonight, play for free. My promo code, P-I-C. I am out. Talk to you Friday. <laughs>